Good morning. <laughs> Just give me a moment. Hi, Karis, you, you preaching today? Fantastic. Yes, you said. <laughs> oh, well, that's great. Thank you. It's great to see you here. Um, thank you for, to Jeff and for Andrea. Neither of, uh, well, Jeff has certainly never led worship here before. And he's not going to be leading again. Uh, <laughs> only joking, Jeff. I loved it. It was great. And Andrea, thank you so much for stepping in. Our regular worship leader, Lalpi, as you know, is uh, busy changing diapers and, uh, and that sort of thing with his new baby. So that's, uh, so that's great. Oh, that did wear me out. I've got to get into training uh, for this week. So, we are changing the way we do things today. I welcome change as long as nothing is altered or different than before. Change? (laughs) Change? In a church? In a Baptist church? For goodness sake, yes, we're going to change, I know. But our time together this morning will be a little bit different. If it hasn't already been. Firstly, on the third Sunday of each month, it's great to have our kids with us. Our kids stay with us. And so we have uh, what we like to call an all-age worship. Uh, So there's going to be something for everyone today. Uh, For the old ones, the oldest one to the itty-bitty one. So hopefully uh, um, We'll, uh, we'll connect in some way uh, that's age-relevant. And secondly, as Jeff has mentioned, this is Summer Camp Eve. The day before our annual Summer Kids Camp kicks off. It's the day when we're excited and nervous and terrified and out of our depth And we have that feeling, like, you know that feeling when you're standing on the 50-foot diving board at the swimming pool, and you've got your friends behind you waiting to push you off, and you have that, how on earth did I get myself in this position feeling? That is how we feel just before camp. So here's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to give you... Uh, a little taste of what next week is going to look like. Jeff's already done a little bit of that. But at the same time, we're going to try to tie it in with our sermon series that we're looking at for July. That's my mission, and I've chosen to accept it. Uh, So let's see (laughs) if it works. (laughs) Okay, our camp this year is uh, under construction. That's how uh, Jeff is wearing our uh, camp t-shirts. You'll be able to see the kids from a mile away. Um, Under construction. It's a building theme. So uh, this church will resemble a building site next week. And in fact, for the next week after that as well, because we are going to have renovations going on here. But next week, it's going to look like a building site. And the kids are going to be, the campers who come here, they're going to be construction workers. 
And they're going to be constructing things and creating things, you know, like making exact replica models of the Eiffel Tower and the Taj Mahal. It's going to be great, kids. You're going to absolutely love it. Uh, and at the start of each camp day, what happens is we all gather together. We've got about 60-odd uh, kids coming this week uh, and with helpers and volunteers. And we all meet in here at the start of each day. And we do lots of different things. We gather and we sing songs like the ones we sung just now with our own Energizer Bunny, uh, Jeff, who just... Wow, he just keeps going. And we have a few guest appearances from certain characters. This year, uh, we have Bob, uh, sorry, Robert De Builder, known to his friends as Bob, uh, and Apprentice Annie, along with a safety advisor and her assistant. And uh, also, we play some silly games. And I just thought that would give you a little bit of a heads up and a, uh, an idea of what these games look like. So the first games are, you have to guess what certain things are. So let's run it and let's see how you find this. Have we got any sounds? Can you guess what it is? that we do and there's 101 things going on and lots of energy and lots of kids and uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about camp this morning uh, and we'll do a little bit more about that in a minute. But what about our sermon series for July? How does camp relate to that? Well, uh, for the month of July we're doing a short series that is stirring our emotions 
We're going to get emotional. Now, I know this isn't a very Canadian thing to do. We normally save that for people down, our neighbors down south. But um, we're going to get emotional. We're going to get, we're going to stir things up because during the month of July, we are looking at songs. Songs for the summer. Because songs play a huge part in our lives. Songs are all around us. And here's the thing about songs, they stir our emotions. We listen to a favorite song and it does something to us, doesn't it? Maybe it's a romantic song by the Burnaby Buble. Uh, or maybe it's a song by your all-time fave, like Corey Hart. Corey Hart, eh? Hey, Steve? You've not got the t-shirt on today. Or a dance song by Cool and the Gang, and, or a weepy breakup song by Adele, or a boring, monotonous, depressing song by Pink Floyd. <laughs> Songs stir <laughs> something inside of us. They stir an emotion. That's why so songs are so important. And so for the month of July, we're going to look at some songs that stir our emotion. Songs for the summer. But these songs won't be found in the gospel according to St. John Bon Jovi. These songs are actually found in here. The book of Psalms. The book of Psalms contains... 150 songs, songs that stir the same emotions that we feel when we listen to modern day songs, which make these songs as relevant today as when they were first written, because they deal with the same basic issues that we face today, things like love and pain, and joy, and rejection, and disappointment. And so two weeks ago, if you remember, we looked at a love song. A love song, uh, Psalm 63, a song that spoke of this deep desire for intimacy. Intimacy with the living God, our Heavenly Father. And last week, we looked at a sad song. Psalm 42, a song that allowed us to cry, to cry out to God in our pain and our suffering and our frustrations. And that was a tough one, wasn't it, last week? A lot of people came up to me afterwards and, uh, because that song resonated with where we are, where a lot of us are at the moment, crying out to God in our pain and our desperation, in our tough times. So that was tough. But this week, we will hopefully leave here with a smile on our face. Leave here with a skip and a jump. Leave here with maybe a little dance in our feet. Because we're going to look at a happy song. We all have a song that makes us happy, doesn't it? You know, it comes on the radio and you automatically smile. We all have a song like that. Might be a song that has happy memories. Or just has a jolly melody. Or, and whenever you hear that song, it just lightens your heart a little. 
And maybe in secret, when you're on your own, Philip, you may dance around your living room. <laughs> that sort of song. We all have a song like that, don't we? All have that. They just comes on and you, and you smile. I have a number of songs like that. Does anyone remember Shalimar? Shalimar, a dance group? No? Oh, blimey. There's a, a song called A Night to Remember, and it was playing on the, on the night that I met, uh, I think it was my wife. Um, I think it was. Every time that song comes on, it just brings a smile to my face. It's fabulous. Now, wouldn't it be great, though, if we had a song that spoke about the joy that we felt as children of God? You know, a song that just made us smile. A song that lightens our hearts. And maybe you want to do a little jig when you hear that song. Well, here's a song that was written over 3,000 years ago by someone who just wanted to praise God, to sing a happy song. And it's this one. Listen to this. I'm going to read it from the message, so it's, uh, you can't really follow it along. But it's Psalm 95. I'll, I'll put it on the, on the screen here. Come, let's shout praises to God. Raise the roof for the rock who saved us. Let's march into his presence, singing praises, lifting the rafters with our hymns. And why? Because God is the best. High king over all the gods. In one hand he holds deep caves and caverns. In the other hand grasps the high mountains. He made uh, the ocean. He owns it. His hand sculpted earth. So come, let us worship. Bow before him. On your knees before God who made us. Oh yes, he's our God. And we're the people he pastures. The flock he feeds. This is a happy song. It's a feel-good song. Why? Why is the writer happy? Why does the writer sing this happy song to God? Is it because something amazing has happened in his life? You know, maybe some great victory Or was it to commemorate some special occasion in his life or or in the life of his people? No. No, this song, this psalm, wasn't written for any particular purpose. We're not told that this psalm commemorates a special occasion. As far as we know, there were no special victories in mind at this time that this song was written. He wasn't thinking of some special spiritual blessing. It seems as though the writer just woke up one morning with so much joy in his heart for God, he wrote this song to praise him. Praise him not for anything that he's done, but for who he is. 
Well, who is he? Who is he to the writer? Who is he to us that gives us such joy? Well, it's in the first verse. It says, come, let's shout praises to God, raise the roof for the rock who saved us. Who is he, this God? He's the rock. He's our rock. He's our rock in life. He's our rock in our everyday. He's our rock on Sunday. He's our rock on Monday and Tuesday and any other day that has a Y in it. He is secure. He's never changing, always there for us in good times and bad. The most steady and constant person in our lives. The one who will never, ever leave us or forsake us. Raise the roof, for he is our rock. Be happy, for he is our rock. Sing a joyful song, for he is our rock. Sing and dance, for he is our rock. And that's why this song connects with the camp that starts tomorrow. Because the theme of the camp tomorrow, kids, the big idea for this week's camp is building our lives on Jesus, the rock. Building our lives on Jesus, the rock. And we're going to be showing the kids what it means to build your life on the rock. Build your lives on Jesus. So so you can sing the happy song. And we're going to, show, going to show the kids how to do that through some of the parables that Jesus told and through some of what he did whilst he was here on earth. I want to show you a video now of a parable that Jesus told that we're going to show at camp tomorrow. So kids, if uh, you're here tomorrow, you're going to see it again tomorrow. But it's just a short video about a parable that is going to be the big theme for our week. Let's see if it comes on. Stories of the Bible. The parable of the two builders. This is Jesus. hey Who is the Son of God and the Savior of the world. While Jesus was on earth, he taught everyone about God's love and healed people from their sickness. He did many miracles like walking on water. Oh, hey guys even raised people from the dead. One day, as he saw the crowds gathering, Jesus went up to the mountainside and sat down. His disciples gathered around him, and he began to teach them. He asked them, Why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Hey, I'm going to build here. Eh, I'm going to build out there. All right, suit yourself. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Oh, yeah. When the floodwaters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it was well built. I'll get it here. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. All right. Hey, it's nice. 
like a person who builds a house on sand. Uh-oh. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. The story of the two builders. One wise, the other foolish. And this story shows us that we cannot build a strong house unless we have a strong foundation. You cannot build any solid structure without a solid foundation. I'm going to illustrate this a little bit more and I need uh, the kids' help. Let's have four kids. First four up here. Go, go, go. James, yes, yes. Go, 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 go. All right. Okay. That's fine. So what I want you to do, let's, oh, let's split it up into sort of family groups then. Okay. Chloe and Trev. So there's some, uh, some bricks here. Okay. So you guys, I want you to build a tower as tall as you can in one minute. And the same with you. You have to start with three bricks at the bottom, okay? You start with one brick at the bottom, okay? All right, so uh, let's, okay, you ready? Uh, Steady, go! Go, 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 come on, high as you can, high as you can. One brick only. Okay, oh. Trev and Chloe are far too intelligent for this. <laughs> this, this illustration is not going to work. <laughs> okay, keep going, keep going, keep going. <clears throat> keep going, keep going. Oh, oh, all right, oh, is that it? (laughs) All right, okay, wait, wait there, guys. So, it's a really good effort. I'll I'll speak to you later. (laughs) Oh, look, okay, so... So, okay, let's pretend that it's really, really windy outside and the wind is blowing in here. And this one built on the three bricks stands. It will not fall. (laughs) This one... <laughs> this one that's built on just one brick. Look, look, look. The wind blows and and it falls over. <laughs> Thanks guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks James. Do you see? Ah. <laughs> uh. See, I never work with children and animals, don't they say that? Uh, (laughs) One brick, three bricks. 
Anyone seen this building downtown, the new building town, downtown? Anyone seen that? It's a crazy building. It's uh, it sort of narrow at the bottom there and comes up like, like that. That doesn't look safe to me. <laughs> now, I'm sure it is, and I'm no engineer, but I wonder why that stands like that. Because I'm assuming that there's huge foundations somewhere along there. If not, then again, my illustration does not work. But it's crazy. If that, though, had been built on English Bay, right on the beach there, that may not have been given planning permission because it would have fallen down. And this, as that story shows us, doesn't just relate to buildings. It's the same for our lives. You cannot build a strong, secure, stable life on weak and flimsy foundations. If you do, you're going to be like the foolish man. When the storms come, when difficulties arise, your life will crumble. Your life will fall apart. You'll be washed away. But if you build your life on the rock, you're going to be able to withstand all sorts of storms that come at you. The difficulties that life throw at you, and we all know those. The frustrations of life, the disappointments of life. If you're built on something flimsy, you're going to flop over. If you're built on something firm, you will stand strong. What's saving you from washing away? Is it the house itself? No. It's what the house is built on, the foundation, the rock. So sing the happy song, the writer says, to the rock who saves us from being washed away. Jesus the rock. Jesus told his disciples, build your life on me. Don't build it on some flimsy ideology. Don't build it on some selfish ambition. Don't build it on some notion of happiness. Build your life on me. But what does it mean to build your life on God the rock? Well, it means, as that story said, listening and doing what Jesus tells us. Following him, following his word. It means living the life that God wants you to live. And at camp next week, this is what we're going to be showing the kids. That we're actually built to love. That's part of who we are. We're built to love. And we're looking at the parable of the Good Samaritan. You remember the parable of the Good Samaritan? Um, when people ask Jesus, who, who should we love? Who's our neighbor, Jesus? Who's our neighbor? And he tells this wonderful story about this Samaritan who goes um, uh, on a walk and then uh, gets rescued and saved. Built to love. We're also built... To forgive, part of our DNA, part of who we are is to forgive people because God forgives us. And we're going to be looking at camp at the prodigal son parable. You know that story where 
the, the, the son gets all the money from the dad up front, his inheritance up front, and he just goes out and he has a wild time. He squanders it. And then he ends up living with the pigs. And he knows he really wants to go back to his father, but he's thinking, oh, my father will never, ever accept me if I go back to him. And you know the story that as that son makes his way home, who's looking out for him? His father. In order to scold him, no. He goes out and runs towards him and hugs him. My son who was lost and now has been found. That is a wonderful, wonderful picture of how God views us all the time, dear friends. When we feel as though we can't go back to him again, he's there with open arms waiting for us. And he calls us to forgive in the same way. We're also built to serve. And we're going to be looking at that story of, that wonderful story of, of these friends who bring uh, the, the guy on a stretcher to Jesus to get Jesus to heal him. But they can't get in because there's too many people. And so what they do is they go to the top of the building and they take apart the roof and they lower this person down. And Jesus heals their friend. Uh, we're called to serve like that, to help bring our friends and those who are broken and aching and and sick to Jesus. And then finally, we, we're going to look at how we're built to care. And uh, we're looking at the story of, of Jesus feeding the 5,000. When he had finished uh, teaching them, he was on the hillside, and there was actually over 5,000. probably about 10,000 people there. And they're hungry. They've got nothing to eat. And the disciples are saying, look, shall we call DoorDash or, you know, something like that? And Jesus said, no, it's too late for that. It's too far away. And he says, uh, bring me the lunch of that little boy. And he just had uh, some bread and some fish, a tuna sandwich. And Jesus multiplied it because he cared, not just for the spiritual well-being of people, but for the physical well-being of people. So... We're looking at that uh, this week, built to, to love, built to forgive, built to serve, and built to care. That's a little bit about what we're going to be doing this week, and uh, hopefully I'll still be standing next Sunday and we can tell you how things went. Let me just finish by asking you, do you want to be the foolish builder, or do you want to be the wise builder? Do you want to build your life on the sand, on those things that are flimsy and unstable? Or do you want to build your life on the rock that's sure and strong? You see, when we build our lives on the rock, we know we have someone who we can rely on. We have someone who will never leave us. We have someone we can trust and wants the best for us. We have someone... Uh, who will steady our lives when we start to wobble. And we have someone who will build us into the people that we're born to be, people that love, people that forgive, people that serve, and people that care. When we know that God is our rock, the one who saves us, do you know what we'll do? We will raise the roof and sing 
the happy song. Let's pray. Just as we're coming before God now in, uh, in prayer, I just want to ask you this simple question. What is it that your life is built upon right now? And then ask yourself this question. If that, what you've built it on, if that starts to crack and break, is your life going to hold together? Father, I thank you that you are our rock, that you call us to build our lives on you. You call us to be your people, your children, and to do what you call us to do, and to be what you call us to be. And so, Father, I pray for those of us who are wobbling right now. Maybe those of us who feel as though we are, we are going to be washed away with the disappointments of life. Lord, would you, would you come and invite us once more to plant our feet on you, to plant our lives on you, to stand on you? Because, Lord, we, we know that nothing else will keep our lives as secure as you. So, Lord, I pray you'd speak into our hearts now by your spirit, Lord. We want to serve you. We want to love others. We want to forgive. We want to care. Help us to do that, Lord, in your power and in your name.